Hello and welcome to our Conversation Streets 2022 Year in Review. I'm Michael. I'm Gemma. And oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Still a little bit sick. So that was it. This is the only place where you can hear us chatting about everything that happened last year and kind of sum it up all nicely. Um, unless you've listened to the awards show or our Patreon episode where we talked talked about our top five scenes of the year. But apart from that, this is the only place where we're going to talk about it, isn't it? It's a weird way to go in with that. I, fine. <laughs> I, I love these shows. Because uh, we have talked about you know a lot of these bits before in, in recent episodes, but there's an awful lot that happened in 2022 that wasn't award-winning or full-out spectacular. That's what I want to talk about this evening. So we'll look about the stories, what Coronation Street's been like in production kind of way, and you know just that, that kind of stuff is the plan for this evening. But before we get going on that, there's something that you've been looking forward to doing for quite a long time on the podcast, isn't there? Yeah, I don't know why I'm so excited about this. What is it? This is, this is <coughs> the top 10 appearances, characters of yes. the year. So, so the main characters, there's um, on Coropedia, which is coronationstreet.fandom.com, they've compiled a list of the appearances, running totals of each ca- character and act- actor, actress who played them. Um, and there's a top ten, and Michael has to guess. This is an annual tradition, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I've been doing this for ten years now. I've been guessing who's been the top ten <coughs> characters of the year in 2022. And uh, there's often a few surprises. Am I going to be think, surprised this year? I honestly year? found... This is why, because I'm, I'm kind of surprised. But perhaps that might give you too many clues. I've seen that some people have been posting these around um, in the last couple okay. of weeks. And I've been really, like, really desperate to have a look. But I've avoided them. Good, so. um I'm good. I've got, but this year, in a, in a twist, I've got a bit of paper to write down my guesses as well. So I'm going to get right off the bat of there and say, is Summer Spellman in the top ten of 2022? Yes. What number? No. Oh, what? Do we have to guess the number yes, as well? Yes, you do. Uh, five. She is number four. Four. Nice. Okay. Who'd have guessed? Okay. Um, now, what about what about uh, what about Max? in our top 10 this year he is not oh really yeah exactly seems like he's been quite a busy year in 2022 he's number 16 oh okay fine um or what about what about abby even though i know she had a lot of the year off did she do enough in the first half to make it into the top 10 of 2022 she did not oh where did abby end up um she is number 22 she was in languishing down she was there. in 100 episodes and the person who's in the most number of episodes was in 142 okay um what about our Toya? What number would you like to oh, say? Oh, is she in there? Oh, that's good. Um, Since that. You know, I don't know. I mean, it, um, three. She is number two. Really? Yes, she is. I'm so Toya excited. Toya is the number two feature <laughs> yeah. character. She was in vile murderous. 135 episodes. Wow. <clears throat> so I'm very She's impressed. She's been a busy that. lady last year she as Georgia. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. right. Um, not going to guess Imran then. If Abby's not there, Imran definitely is not going to be sure. <laughs> um, so who else has been quite big? Who's been year? prolific? What about um, what about? I was just kind of, like, I, I, if, if Summer's been in there, then some of the gay dads have got to be in there as well. So is Billy in the top ten? Nope. Oh really? Are any of the gay dads in the top nope. ten? Okay. Um, right. Billy is number twenty-eight, and Todd is number twenty-eight. Oh, blimey, Surely, no, Aaron. I'm not even going to guess Aaron. He can't be. He's in number there. thirty-two. I'm, I'm suddenly just kind of blank <coughs> characters. I thought um, you might be. What about like David? Nope. Shona. Yep. Where do you think Shona's? Come? Shona is in there. Yeah. Where do you think Shona? She is? has been buttering a lot of baps in the cafe. Fine words, butter no baps. Seven. No. Higher or lower? Higher. Uh, 
Three. Higher. What? Number one? Yes. <laughs> yes. Surely that, that is, is the, the number most... one character Honestly, in 2022. That is the most repair. shocking thing. 140 Shona repair. I know. I just wanted to go off and have a baby just to have a bit of a breather. Yep. Surprising, isn't it? 142 appearances. Really so I've got three ladies so far. Can yeah. I get like a bit of a, a male-female <laughs> split from the from the top ten from you? I will give you that. Twenty percent of the of the population of the top ten are men. That is a good bit of maths there. That um, I'm I hoping I'm right. <laughs> oh, shut up! Um, okay. Well, wishes you don't know, make me feel guilty, and I've been boning up. Um, so I don't have to go back. My to brain is just empty. I can't think of any characters. Um, Daniel. He is in the list. Yes. Okay. Where I'm gonna put him. I'm gonna put him at number eight. He's number nine. Oh, okay. Well, sorry. Uh, You're telling 10%. yourself well done. Well done. Yes, well done. Um, okay. What about um, what about Daisy then? Because it feels like she's not in it much if he's not. Is Daisy in it? Daisy's in the top ten. Oh, I love it. Well done, Daisy. Um, I think she must have probably been in more because she'd have been in the bar a little bit. So I'm going to say five for Daisy. Daisy's number three. Really? Yes, can you believe that? So the, the top, top three, three Shona, Toya <clears throat> and Daisy. <clears throat> yes. Wow. I find that really interesting. That really because, is, yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't guess. I mean, what has Shona been doing? Apart from buttering baps. Buttering baps. <laughs> no no offence, <laughs> love. But, Daisy wow. was in all year apart from July. Oh, okay. Um, all right. Um, 33 episodes, one more than summer. Right, so what about, what about, um, just getting down the houses, uh, See, there's some like when I think about different parts of the year, I think, well, they were quite heavily featured at the beginning. What about like, Sarah Lou? Is she in there? Sarah is on the list. Okay, Sarah Lou, number six. Number seven. Seven. Okay, well done. Um, Stop saying well done to yourself. No, I'm saying well done to Sarah Lou. For, oh, well for, done. For Congratulations. So so there's another man in there, is there? There's another man. Um, I'm trying to think who was on our list for the for the um, for the for the top lad award. Um, Mm, okay, no. Is Jenny in there? No. No, Jenny. No, Sad. Jenny. She was, she's number 15. Okay, that's not, not too shoddy. Um, okay. And, and like the ones that are left, would you say they're obvious or are they surprising? Um, I'd say... A bit of a mixture. Hmm. I think when you, when you guess them, you'll go, oh, yeah, obvious. Dev? No. Ardy? No. R. Kelly? No. No, R. Kelly. Um, oh, Sally and Tim. Um, Sally is Sally's in the list. Sally's in there. Okay, number ten. Nope. Eight. Nope. Five. Yes. <laughs> and Tim is number eleven. Oh, okay, okay. Um, right, I might need a few clues for the last four, if you don't mind. I oh, know last three. I need six, eight, and ten. <clears throat> Clear um, not one of them's a man because I know that already. Um. Um. One of them's been involved in the racism storyline. Involved? Peter? No, it's not a man. Not spo- oh, not, not a man. Um, who has been involved? Uh, 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 Alia? No. No? Um, Alia's dead. <laughs> um, Yasmin? No. Not Lauren? Who else has been involved? Only tangentially. Tangentially involved But I feel like their involvement will become... More paramount this year. Somehow. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Keep going. They <coughs> used to be a hairdresser. Uh, Maybe they still are. 
Maria, oh, yes. Maria, of course. That Maria's does make sense. number eight. Yeah, yeah. She's an obvious one. The man... Foolish of her. ...is at number ten. Yeah. And he is involved in drugs, in the drugs storyline. And again, tangentially. Nick? Yeah. Okay. You're doing his face then. You're giving a good old squint. Yeah. Yeah, so Daniel six. and Nick are the only two men in the top wow. ten. Okay. So who are you missing now? Um, Leanne? Leanne is number six. Yeah, good. Well done. Both in there. Nice. So from ten to one, we've got Nick, Daniel, Maria, Sarah Louise, Leanne, Sally, Summer, Daisy, Artoya, and Shona. Yes. Congratulations, everybody. How, where did, did you tell me where, uh, where our Kelly ended up in the end? No, I didn't. Because she felt, I felt like she was in it quite a lot, but obviously she, um, she scarpered back in September time. I'm scrolling down the list to try to find the information you have requested. And I'm afraid so she to tell you that she, she I went, don't can't find can't her. Got rid of fine. All right then. Never mind. Oh, th- thank you very much, Gemma. I enjoy that. So, I always enjoy doing that. Twenty twenty two. What was Coronation Street like in twenty twenty two? Before actually, before we get to stories, Kelly Nealon's number twenty two. Oh, twenty two. Okay, for twenty twenty two, she was number twenty two. Nice. Oh. Um, so production wise, this year, um, what what does what does twenty twenty two mean to you for Coronation Street? Like, because we went in there. There was was there still a little bit of COVID at the beginning of the year? Do you remember? Were they masking up and <clears throat> and, and and staying apart from each other? It's really difficult, and I feel like I was saying this. I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. Human beings are, are like have amnesia. Like collectively, as as a species, we are we've got the worst memories. Like, do you remember what you had for dinner last week? No, nope. no idea. So asking me to remember what happened with COVID at the beginning, like 12 months ago, I don't know. But all I know is, definitely feels like it's become normal again now. I think so. I think it's as normal as we're going to get because like, the Rovers is definitely fuller. The Bistro is fuller. I still don't think it's like back to where it used to be like a long time ago. I think, used, yeah, but... Like, you know, where the all the episodes would end and all the characters would gather together in the pub there and they'd all be having a drink together and be like a oh, background hubbub and everything. Yeah, but can I, I say, I yeah. think that's because it makes it easier on the production. Yeah, exactly. I agree. So I think the Rovers is as full as we're going to get. And, and you know, even like last week when we had the um, all the scenes at the, the Peace Market and everything, people were you know, happily crowding round when we saw... Um, whoever it was, um, Max, um, was it Max getting carted off to the police station or somebody the other day? And, and people were watching there. It feels like that's not a problem anymore, which yeah. it, which is good. Um, and, and as for masks, I don't, I, I did, my, my only memory of there being a mask in this year's Corey is when they went and filmed. Do you remember when they were at Manchester Airport when um, when Linda and Joseph were going off to Portugal and then Chesney came and rescued them? I think they had to wear masks then. So that kind of showed that I suppose that must have been filmed at the end of 2021. So there are still a few in public places restrictions. But apart from that, it feels like it's back to normal. Yeah. Or at least they're covering it up quite well. Surely some people on the Corey cast must have gone down with COVID this year because, you know, people are going down with with COVID still. But they're covering it up really well and they're not having any noticeable covered up disappearances, which is good. Um, also feels like more... It's more likely that somebody's going to appear in a storyline with somebody else, not just the characters that they've been in storylines with all year. Because we know that Coronation Street, <clears throat> during COVID, split char- um, characters into bubbles, didn't mm. they? So we had cohorts and bubbles and things. And yeah. people weren't, in America, pods, <laughs> um, where you weren't allowed to 
socialise outside of those. Uh, and it kind of was silly because they were still going out having drinks with each other because they were being photographed doing it. So it seemed slightly Yeah, we're not getting as much of that. I mean, I'm still feeling a lot of the block storytelling. And again, my memory's pretty bad. I don't know how much of an issue that was before COVID, but we're definitely getting to like, in this block, we've got, you know, the summer storyline, the the George storyline and the the Max storyline. And they'll keep going along nicely for three weeks and then suddenly everything grinds to a halt and it's like, and now we're on to the Stephen storyline. And yeah. I think a lot of things I, are being done, and I, I'm guilty of this in my own job via the path of least resistance because things had to change over COVID and you couldn't do everything the way you used to do it. Mm. And so some things have just been streamlined into, I don't know, in, into something that might be easier to do but isn't actually better. Yeah. And I'm going to say that I don't think that... I think too many things get get lost. There are so many hanging threads from last year and I was remembering them all now I can't remember any (laughs) but it feels like there are loads of things where it's like well that never got resolved that never got resolved why because I guess that they realised we can't really bring back this story block just for that one Mm. thing what's the point we'll just forget it sometimes they have done though because like do you remember when Grace came back towards the beginning of the year yeah and and it's like why, why is she even back? Oh, well, because she was still blackmailing um, Ed and Aggie and we kind of got to tie that up. So let's bring um, Grace yeah. back in for a couple of episodes and then she's off again. So they'll tie up a few of them, but other ones they don't tie up, possibly. But other times I'm kind of left thinking more and more often, has that been tied up? I don't really remember. Or what was the last thing that happened in this story? I don't know whether it's just well, my age, but I'll... I'm f- feeling that I'm forgetting more about where we are with things if they've been away for a few weeks. I can't remember if it was last year, because again, my memory is not very good. But, I mean, we had Sarah and Adam trying to have a baby. Mm. Did they remember that they were doing that? No, you're right, actually. I I can't remember how it ended. All I remember is the Lydia storyline finished in, I don't know, February, let's say. And then... That was it. We didn't. We barely saw them again, yep. did we? Sarah Lou, she obviously has been in the top ten, so she's not been out of the show. But once they stopped needing to have a baby for the sake of that story, you're right. It just kind of dropped. Maybe there was a throwaway line of. I don't oh, let's think not... there was. I, I, I honestly, I don't know. I think I would have remembered because I found that storyline interesting. Mm. But. You're right, but when, it, you know, when it's not necessary for the story, it, it just stops. And it, it is a shame, and it's something that I think I'd really like to see them work on. And Here's I get another for one. The, um, Nina going on her anxiety, like yeah. having her anxiety about Asher. You would have thought that, that you know, Asher's now said she wants to do paramedic training. Mm. You would think that Nina would be conflicted now because she's thinking, well, I, you know, I, I was so upset but, about you going uh, somewhere else. I had to go on a course and, you know, maybe I feel like I, you know, completed the course and I feel better now. But now I'm worried you're going to get hurt. Mm. That was, I remember that storyline. That was another really beginning of the year one, wasn't yeah. it? And, and when I think back to the start of 2022, it feels like there was a lot of filler in there just waiting for this Abby pregnancy storyline to properly kick yeah. in. And that was something that, yeah, filled out a couple of weeks and she was having the panic attacks and the flashbacks and everything. And I was like, oh, I don't really want this for Nina. I, I like kind of vibrant, bubbly, um, sassy Nina. Um, and to be fair, the story did stop and we weren't getting... Um, tragic Nina anymore, but but we never. Sort of, so she just she just said, "Oh, I'll did go, she go to therapy? I'll go. I, I've I've found some help or something." Mm. We never heard 
what help or whether it, whether it worked and you're supposed to just assume but honestly I don't think that's good enough for me I, I don't want to assume everything turned out alright because I'm watching these characters mm. every day you know if a character's going to be in I don't know how many Nina was in say at least 70 episodes mm. can we not have a couple of lines every now and then to let me know yeah this is the problem when you've got a cast of 80, 90 or however many it is you can't have them in all the time um and and Kathy, so you, you can go for weeks and months without some characters making an appearance. Kathy and Roy being in the in the corner shop. Have we even seen Kathy and uh, Brian? Brian, sorry, yeah. yeah. Have we even seen uh, uh, you know ten episodes of them in the shop? I don't know. I don't know. I, mean, I don't even know what whether was the we've point seen. Of that? I'm not sure whether we've seen any episodes, any scenes in the cabin at all this year. Which is weird. It's bizarre, considering it's such a key focal point for the show it is. And I've seen lots of people online, especially recently, when they're saying, oh, you know, Corrie's stuck in the past and everything. They've been saying, well, the cabin would have closed down ages ago. I don't know that I necessarily That's not true agree. true at all. There are certainly a decent number of newspaper shops like that around. Are you kidding me? Who said that? I yeah, maybe independent shops are very few and far between. Mm. But that, by no means, is, are there fewer corner shops in this country no we, we we've than, got more we've got more sort there are a lot of, more branded ones like yeah. tesco and morrison's and all that kind of stuff but there's also still um like nisa and all those where mm. they they are a brand that takes over independent corner shops but yeah. really they're still the same as they always were they just got a big logo over the top i'm i'm happy for the ca- the cabin to stay to be honest it's just bizarre that we're not seeing very much of it and and i'm sure at some point of the year shona got a job in the cafe and I, not the cafe the the, the, the yes, cabin she did. I mean. and i don't know whether that was just cover or something but why I'm, I'm sure that we've not seen her work in the cabin once it's bizarre there's a few locations that we've really seen very little of this year like trim up north we had those few scenes round by when audrey got squashed by the motorbike i don't no, know yeah. whether we've seen much if any of inside the funeral parlor this year either which is surprising considering happens, that was a new set for 2021 what happened to george being taken over by that evil conglomerate of funeral people. I don't remember. Sometimes they just... I suppose it is just a case of putting in mega drama because, oh, we want George to have a a fisticuffs in the street with this other guy. And and this isn't supposed to be a moaning. No, no, no. But I will just say the biggest problem with Coronation Street last year was lack of consequences. Mm. Toya Toya killed Imran. (laughs) What happened? Nothing. She she learned a lesson and, uh, and she won't do it again. Yeah. Like, sorry, I'm I'm a fa- I'm a fan of Toya, and I'm glad that she didn't go down for it. But I wish they hadn't. Why did they even have that in there? What's the point of making her a murderer for for no reason? What mm. so she can be guilty for like two episodes? Yeah, that that it was, was a waste a, of it was a waste of um, that was a bizarre talent. conclusion to what for also, me was probably my favourite storyline. They shouldn't of the have year. killed Imranov. No, they should. Well, <coughs> let's get to the stories in a minute. I think just other kind of production <coughs> things first that kind Sorry. of come to mind really for me. Thing. Obviously, <laughs> Ian McLeod is still hanging on in there as producer. <laughs> Stop saying that because he's allowed to stay as long as he wants. He is. It's just like utterly bizarre compared to so many other recent producers. It isn't bizarre. I wish he would stop saying that too. Well, that's what in I the think. in the grand scheme of Coronation Street, it's not bizarre that he's that you've got a long term producer. Some producers have done that in the past, like Bill Podmore or whatever. But it's been a long isn't time since someone has been in there for quite as long as the McLeods. That the executive producer position is gone. 
Yeah, Kieran. So um, to me, it makes a bit of more sense, and I don't think any, I've heard anyone say this, and I don't. I'm basing this off no information whatsoever, but it feels to me like it makes sense for the producer to be in situ for longer now there's no executive producer hmm. because we used to have executive producer and the producer and I'm I don't know what the difference between the two of them are except I'm assuming executive producer is sort of like a long term hand on the tiller sort of person who the buck stops here and the producer can come in and do all the crazy whatever they want and then go away again hmm. but the stability there has to be from the executive producer now they've scrapped that there is no executive producer there's only the producer to me Especially if you're dealing with a long-running show like Coronation Street, you need a face there that's staying there for a long period of time. Two, three years is nothing in Soapland. Having a producer stay in the role for a longer time than two or three years when there's nobody else on top, to me, makes perfect sense. It it does help any visions that that person might have be able to take their time and kind of play through to their conclusions. Somebody needs to be a a stable force in in a soap i i just am starting to worry a little bit that based on this year maybe he's the ideas are starting to run out a little bit and it's certainly if i think back to 2022 i'm not going to say it was a vintage year for cory nobody it clearly wasn't and we've spoken before about there not being a, a main huge driving story that's been capturing everyone's imaginations and it was that by design or was it just because the people on top couldn't think of anything or, or like I said he didn't run out of steam I, I don't really know but I'll be watching with interest in 2022 to see if they try and get back to something 2023 sorry to see if they get back to having a big big major everyone's talking about it this one's going to get all the awards kind of storyline because I think they need it um, it feels like EastEnders is definitely on the up at the moment, just hearing from what people are saying about that. They've just had a change in producer back in July, I think. Um, and so, um, and, and he has apparently properly rejuvenated the show. I think Kate Oates is still, I don't, I don't know what she's doing at the moment. I, she's a bit well, hands off and she's <clears throat> working on the other soaps as well. I think she was doing a bit more earlier in the year. But EastEnders is everyone's raving about it now. Emma Dale, I think, is doing okay. Yeah, I know, but honestly, this is all just chuffing nonsense. Mm. Like, I know everyone likes to compare the soaps, yada yada yada, but it feels like we're always talking about EastEnders, and it's either oh, it's absolutely crap and everyone hates it, <laughs> or it's the best thing ever in the world. And it's yes, that happens with with Cory. They go up and down and up and down, and I don't really take it seriously. Yeah. Um, because I, I think it's cyclical anyway. Uh, you know, I mean, what what I would quite kind of like to see is Ian McLeod perhaps becoming executive producer and somebody new coming in as producer. Yeah, maybe. I think that, but I do agree with you that there needs somebody, something different needs to happen because it's starting to feel a bit complacent. It's starting to feel a bit like the wheels are spinning, but we're not going anywhere. Mm. And, and that's being reflected in the award shows this year as well. When we went to the British Soap Awards this year, I think we were a bit disappointed that Corrie only came back with like three awards, was it? I'm not sure. And one of those was Jan McVeary, which was lovely that she yeah. got the, the, the writing award. <coughs> but people and Paddy aren't voting. Beaver yeah, yeah. With um, the International Television Awards and Newcomer. Yeah, yeah. Which so... I think, honestly, feels a bit like it was preempting what was to come rather than what had already happened. Yeah, quite possibly, quite possibly. In retrospect, because although I was really thrilled to see him win the award and I definitely think he deserved it, I was still a bit surprised because Max hadn't done a lot. Now, 
I can definitely say that Max has yeah he's Paddy he's been a real that. rising star this yeah. year has has Paddy in the role of Max. Um, but apart from that, Corey's not won a whole lot. There was the RTS Northwest Awards a couple of months ago, but that was only basically Corey versus Hollyoaks, um, and it was great to see that that um, that Sally Carmen Duttine and um, and and that storyline baby story yeah Kay came out on top, but I I'm a little bit worried as to how Coronation Street's going to do with the awards next year. And I don't know what's good. they've got up their sleeve soon. Although uh, listen to my predictions episode, and maybe you'll find out. But so, something needs to change a little bit. I'm still enjoying it, but there has been more, you know, sub- episodes that that you know, come after each other where I'm thinking that was okay, but I'm not like mega excited to see the next one. So that's what I'm really hoping for for 2023 to to have something to to keep me like yearning to come back. And I always give it a chance. I'm never thinking, I never get to a Monday, Wednesday or Friday and think, oh, Corey's on again today. I always <laughs> think, <laughs> I'm not I'm not putting any words in your mouth there, Gemma. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I never think, oh, great. But I always think, right, maybe this one's going to be great. And sometimes they are. Um, but it feels like the episodes where I watch and I go, that was amazing, were certainly fewer and far between in 2022, especially at the beginning of the year. Like I said, there was a lot of slowness there. We had we had the Chesney, Gemma, Joseph storyline. We had the Ab- Adam, Sarah, Lydia storyline. Yeah, I know, but the th- yeah, those are boring, honestly. Sorry, but nobody cares about Adam and Sarah. Mm. I don't think anyone's rooting for them as a couple. And Lydia, she was fine. She was, you know, spooky, scary lady. But, you know... I'm waiting for there to be a character that makes me like, oh, that's really exciting. And, I mean, are we going to get someone that does that to the extent that Pat Phelan did again on the podcast? I don't know, because lightning doesn't strike twice there. But there's some characters now, like Daisy, who I've had a complete turnaround on. And And quite often, when it's a Daisy scene, I'm like... Yes, it's a daisy scene. This is this is going to be great. But there's also an increasing number of characters where I could almost take them or leave them a little I bit. I tell you what, and uh, yeah, and I remember, like, if you were to do a graph of our interest in, say, for example, Kirk, we used to love Kirk, and I think he was universally mm. liked, and um, uh, people knew that if he was in a scene, it's going to be good. He's just rock bottom. I don't think I yeah, would notice if really, they axed really him. Is. And it's a shame because Andy Wyman's great and he's got great comic timing and Kirk has got all the back, you know, the makings of a really great comic character, but they can't seem to write for him anymore. Mm. And I think it's it's useless. Same, same as Mary, becoming more and more fed up in general I wouldn't say that I necessarily feel the same way as strongly as some people I think though you don't like her anymore just become a really it's, uninteresting it's her over the topness that does me and I think where Coronation Street sometimes tries to go for the humour and that's the one thing I remember about Ian McLeod when he came into the show is like oh let's have a return to the classic Corey can comedy I, but some, yeah. sometimes that means over the topness or characters being stupid and can with... I yeah can I just say sorry people used to be funny in a more in a cleverer way yeah. Coronation Street used to do stupidity in a clever way. Well, with Kirk, because he's just come on, um, I don't know how recently, but I've been quite enjoying him on the ITV3 episodes that are in early 2002 at the moment. And it seems like the joke for Kirk often at, the, at that time is he thinks he's kind of cooler and bigger and better than he actually is. And he's like, oh, I'm going to pull that bird, Bobby. She's she's well into me and everything when it's like obvious that... Just oblivious to reality. Yeah. And I think that used to be the funny thing about Kirk. But now it's just he's going to say something that no sane, sane person... Human. With any it, it pushes sense the, would ever utter. Your 
incredulity. Mm, mm. It, it needs to be clever. It, they a character can be stupid in a clever way, and Coronation Street has not been able to do that mm. properly for a long time. I don't know if there was somebody that was, we used to write for for some of these characters who's gone, because I don't know enough about about them. I just find it. It, it's it's kind of depressing, really, because it's, you know, if, you know, what, what you said about Ian McLeod coming in going, yeah, I want everything to be more comedic, it's gone wrong because then it's not funny. It, it, so, sometimes it is. There have been some great... Last year... I know, I'm there's just getting some, some into a negative spiral. So, yeah, it's fine. We can move out of it in a minute. So I want to talk about some of the stuff we really enjoyed. But if I think back to some funny scenes last year, I'm always going to remember the scene where Sally and Gail had that conversation about all the Gail's ex-husbands and their di- uh. different levels of prowess in bed. The the stuff with Mimi and, and Evelyn was brilliant. Um... Even some stuff recently we've had with Roy and his mobile phone I've, I've enjoyed. There have definitely been some some great comedic bits, but it's when it's not over the top and forced. Also, I would some say... Some people say Mimi is, of course. Just to say, to, to bring it back, to stop being negative, one thing Crowded Nation Street's done really well last year is nostalgia. Mm. And giving a lot of time to older older characters and talking about the past and having you know like there's scenes with Audrey and everybody at her birthday and stuff like that just really yeah, great yeah that was and, lovely and um, on, although it wasn't a big hit with everybody because of the over the top comedic elements of the story but the play storyline was great Mm. You know? I, I really appreciated that as a long time viewer to have to have Martha and Wendy come back into the show and I'm <clears> sure we'll talk more about the returns last year because that was a real strength of last year's Coronation Street I think bringing back sometimes longer sometimes shorter some old characters yeah that, that really worked uh, for me so storyline wise and we, we have, there was so much that we could talk about we won't go into a lot of them in detail well, Emma, but... Emma left at the beginning of the year and that was like the, the worst way to start the year off such a bad exit for that character she she uh, I think she left she must have been March April time that she went but that was a that was an odd storyline that really was a dud wasn't it and I feel so sorry for, for Ali Mardell um, that she had to be lumbered with that weird story with with Faye, who's not the most exciting of characters anyway. Craig being obsessed with that crutch. Do you oh remember my God, Ted's yeah, crutch? Like he's the he's like Columbo. Yeah, that was just that was a, that was a dud. I want to talk about the positives. First, I'm sorry. Though, so. I'm really. I'm sorry, everybody. I, I don't know what I've, what's come over me. I don't. I didn't mean to be negative, and I'm not making a joke. The the Abby stuff. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> what? <laughs> and that tied in with when Coronation Street that went was a bad to that. Oh, I didn't even. I, I didn't even see that one coming. That came in uh, when Curry switched to the one hour a week format, which we haven't really mentioned. But I think on the whole, that's turned out better than I was expecting. I remember being expecting to be quite down on that because what the, the going story? from oh. no 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 going from two half an hours with Paul O'Grady or whatever in the middle down to an hour because I quite like that little breather I'll never time. know what James Martin's doing I know I know again but I, I I like it being all all done in one I didn't I'm thinking back to it I didn't always like having to wait especially if the second half of the episode wasn't that good I'm managing just about to keep up with my notes so that's all good uh, but yeah the Abbey Baby storyline was what properly kick-started the year for me and, and it got me thinking oh we are okay then because having her give birth surprisingly after that well, there was that cool drug stuff wasn't there with Dane was it where she was snorting her lines <laughs> off of the picture of Jack Webster and then being driven out into the countryside and I thought I knew it feels like something's happening here, but I never would have predicted that she'd have dropped a baby quite so soon. And um, 
as as you know, it goes without saying, those performances from Sally Carmen and everyone involved there were incredible. The the birth scene was cool, not cool, you know, it was it was it was breathtaking when when the baby couldn't breathe. When she when she <laughs> left the hospital without the baby and she was there with her red hoodie and the, and it was Aggie that um that identified her or something. Then she crashes into the skip. I loved all of that. Um and yeah, and it also led to some superb performances from Georgia Taylor, who's a really, really strong um, member of the Coronation Street cast when they give her dramatic stuff to do. She's absolutely amazing. Um, Charlie Jamello was wonderful in that storyline. It's not a surprise that that particular story is the main contender for all the awards nominations. And I'm thinking that going into the British Soap Awards this year, that's going to be the main one that gets the nominations. Even though I think Coronation Street would like it to be the extremism story, I think that the stuff with Abby and Toya, because it happened, it was still carrying on a little bit after last year's British Soap Awards, it's still got the potential to be included this year. But when it does get nominated, people will say, that seems like ages ago. Has Corrie not done anything better since then? So that's maybe a little bit of a of a, a worry with it. Well, they've, they've had lots of awards, you know, and been nominated and things, and... I think um, the the most frustrating thing about the story for me was that um, there was only one uh, actress who could be awarded because I think that George Taylor did a fantastic job as mm. well as um, um, Sally Carmen. So I think that I, I would have really liked to have had an, an extra slot. Mm. You know, I really... Perhaps Soap Awards are missing, like, supporting actress. Like, you yeah. have in, in, in Oscars... And don't even get me started about getting rid of gendered <laughs> awards categories. Um, but yeah, I think that it was a real showcase for some incredible talent. And I'm just still in awe of the, the what they managed to do. Yeah. They gave Toya... Poss- they, I thought that they might give her the opportunity... Um, once Abby disappeared off and they had all the trial stuff at the end but that was where the story unfortunately didn't quite hit the mark for me it felt like we went a month or two not seeing very much Toya and then it's like oh it's my trial next week Um, what am I going to do am I going to say that I did it or that I didn't do it oh I'm only pleading to uh, they're accusing me of murder and that I knew about it before I got onto the car well I didn't and then she does that confession to Leanne to say no I, I crashed into the wall because I was really mad but I that's really not what they're accusing me of. I feel like, it's like a big a big mistake was made there. I, I really do think so. Considering all the theories we had around the time about like, oh, was was Imran or Toya poisoned? Or, or has, <laughs> has someone come out of the... Well, what was that other car that drove past I know, and, and you it can, just came to nothing? You can make accusations that we read too much into it, which is perfectly valid. But we're the sort of viewers that you, that you want you want people to read things into it. You want people to make stuff out yeah. of it. You want you want people to want more out of a storyline. And it just didn't really deliver at the end. And I felt like the the ramifications of what happened were completely ignored. And there should more, more time should have been spent on it if that's what mm. happened. You know... And of course, the, the other the other the other thing about this whole storyline is that we lost Imran through it, and he ain't coming back. And if that had had a proper, a really decent, decent payoff with the trial at the end, where, you know, like I said, it, so, something, anything else had happened, then maybe it had been worth it. But I, I that's yeah. my, one of my biggest memories still from last year of 2022 is 
reading that article online in the middle of the night that Charlie was allegedly leaving Coronation Street um, and then to, uh, gradually finding out, yes, it is true. And it's like, oh, is he going to... I really want him to leave. I don't want him to kill off. And yeah, it was great for the drama. That it was cool when he was pulling Toya out of the car and everything. Uh, but, but again, it feels like... It feels like very short-sighted. And it's not like... It's not only because these two characters are some of our favourites and also because we like the actors... It feels unsatisfying in a narrative sense to me, in a deeply unsatisfying way, because um, we never, you know, was there ever anything about, oh, Imran had a heart condition? No, he just collapsed and died. And then it's like, yeah, it turns out he had a heart thing. Okay, hang on a minute. He's got a son. Is his son inherited this? Is Toya worried about that? Is Abby worried about that? Don't mention it. Don't bring it up, Mm. you know? Oh, to- Toya! Toya um just killed him, Ram. But it's okay because I don't know. It's because odd stop how asking no, questions. none of the characters are mentioning it really. And are and they? and now it's you know, and it was kind of funny how annoyed we got with Alia for pointing out that Toya was a murderer. But she seems to be over it now. Nobody <laughs> cares anymore. You know, is that I really want there to be a scene between Abby and and Toya where they have a discussion about the fact that Toya killed Imran. I think the thing is with this... I just don't get though, it. It she, just feels like there's the, the hollow. There's such a hollow ending to that story. The thing is, Toya pled not guilty in court, remember? The only person I think that she confessed to and said, no, I did know what I was doing, was Leanne. Yeah, but so the Spider knows now as well. Knows. Yeah, Spider knows. I know, but everyone says that she did, Michael. She confessed to Leanne what everyone said was, was mm. true. And mm. everyone already thinks that. She doesn't need to tell them because they already know. Yeah. I just think it was... It, you know, and it, and is she actually a psychopath? Could she do this again? <laughs> well, yeah. If she if she ever does get a child, like, well, it, you know, is it is it is it? And, that, and I think no, it was put in there for the for the drama. I just think it was a silly choice to make mm. with a, a fairly major character, and yeah. also I still won't forgive them for for killing. Yeah. Uh, I think they killed Imran off for the same reason they killed off. Rana, because they said, you know, we've built up this this relationship between these two characters. Imran's story is all about being a family man and wanting to have a family with Toya. It wouldn't make sense for him to blah, blah, blah. And I think to myself, yeah, you know, all the, of all the stupid stuff that you've done as a, as a show, why couldn't you have just done another stupid, <laughs> one stupid thing to say that this character? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, really, do we really need, like, oh, it wouldn't make any sense. Well, you know... Having having um, Emma kill someone's granddad and he just doesn't care about it that didn't make any sense either. John forgave him. So why can't why do we save Emma and not Imran? Yeah, yeah. Well, despite all that, I still look back. (laughs) Still managed to moan about it. I'm spinning around to the phone letter again. I don't think I should (laughs) be here. Despite all that, I still look at that storyline and say that was the best. That Coronation Street had to offer in 2022 and that was what kept me on the edge of my seat the most that was what kept me theorising the most that was what kept me going oh, that was an amazing scene the most so I will give it massive credit for that um, and it also of course led to the return of Spider as well with him appearing what a month or two after Imran's death just popping into into Toya's cab and, and that was that, that's made me really happy this year. I oh, know, but it's, it's, it's backstory is stupid. The, the backstory for Spider, and Mary doesn't uh, completely work. Uh, 
But no, I, I love having him back. And he's he is kind of just like the old spider. I mean, he is, you know, it's nearly 20 years since he was on screen last, so he's not going to be exactly the same. Definitely weird him being a cop. But I think, I don't know how long it's going to last. I don't know whether he's going to stay in the show or, or whether he'll stay and, and stop being a policeman <sighs> or whatever. But I think that the reunion of Toya and Spider has been lovely. And like you said, one of the things they did quite well last year was um, respecting the history of the show and some yeah. of the characters and the relationships. And uh, if you've watched Corrie for 20 years, then you've got to love those the, the clinch that Spider and Toya had, even though it runs barely cold. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know whether I respect the nostalgia or notice it more, and that's certainly possible, since COVID and the time, you know, the fact that we've been able to look back on all the episodes, and Mm. I I have a much firmer knowledge of the backstory of Coronation Street. I think I'm obviously going to notice it more now and appreciate it more, but yeah, I do think that... Mm. And I think it was. I think it was brave of Coronation Street to try an extremism storyline, but and and it does feel like it's not over yet. We had that twist in in yesterday's episode, uh, didn't we? Where it turns out that Max is still, you know, singing from that same hymn sheet that that Griff gave him. Um, but they're still the councillor is still yes. out there funding yeah. hate and yeah. So you know, and that band. Still very sinister. They're still very, very sinister band. They're nobody's nobody's uh, shut them down yet. But I, I think on the whole, it just feels like it should have been a little bit edgier. And there are some things there, you know, having all the racists together in their flat with their, you know, with their Christmas wreaths and their Halloween parties, and they just look like they're a bunch of adventure lads but maybe that's what some people like that are they're just oh, I mean, I think... pe- people with strong enough views getting together are just kind of you know just living living in a flat and, and they are supposed to come across as a little bit pathetic and and, and not sinister <laughs> i don't know oh i was gonna say it's fun and, and lots of camaraderie that, that is camaraderie <laughs> I, was in like, the yeah. I was like yeah, yeah. michael that is they do seem to be having fun what sad and <laughs> and, lo- and useless coronation street can but definitely coronation street can definitely do dark we saw that five years ago with it when we we're in the middle of the pat Phelan storyline and i think that maybe if somebody with a penchant for the darkness like kate oates if she'd had this storyline I might have been a little bit more satisfied. I think she would have pushed it I a think lot it, harder. Yeah. And I think that... Um, but, you know, people criticised her very strongly mm. for, you know, her storylines, especially for what happened with... I don't know, Luke, Bethany, uh, Pat Phelan. The, um, Shane Ward. Aiden Connor. Aiden storyline. Yeah. People, you know, she was on television having to defend herself. Mm. How dare she? How dare she shine a light on on male on male suicide? And she was saying, "Listen, I've got statistics that back me up that say this storyline's had a positive impact on people's mental health." Mm. Don't tell me that Coronation Street can't do stories like that. How many people watch this extremism storyline and reached out for help? Or even knew what to do. Mm. At least Aiden's storyline had a clear message. Yeah. I mean, racism is bad. We don't need Coronation Street to tell <laughs> us that. I mean, the, the story here is about um, grooming, extremism, yeah, 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 brainwashing. Sure. And I I think that part of the story is going to be explored more deeply this year. Mm. But I'm also going to say, if you're not rattling some people's cages and you're not offending some people and you're not pushing people 
I don't think you should be doing issue storylines. I mean, and I'm not I, saying it's I'm not saying it's the job of a soap to do that. But what I'm saying is you can't do safe issue storylines because if you are, you're just teaching people stuff they already know. Well, I mean they, they have the warnings for all the episodes, don't they? Like this episode may contain views that are distressing or, or whatever. But but it, sometimes it feels like, you know, when, when Griff's there with Max saying, Oh wait, here come the woke brigade. Is that, like, is, yeah, that, is that how they? Is that how people like that is really? Is that really speak? that offensive as well? <laughs> um, but on the whole, I'm still feeling fairly positive about the extremism storyline, and it is partly because I've really liked the character of Griff. Love how Spider is back on the show, even if this role is slightly peculiar for him. And and of course Max, who, like I said, he's been massive turnaround for the better for me this year. Paddy Beaver's been on the show for, what, a year and a half or so now? Wasn't too sure about him, but it usually takes a lot to convince me when it comes to a head swap. Um, but actually, I'm completely sold now. And he's been, despite not being in the top 10, he's he's had a lot of heavy hitting bits to do this year you know he was involved in the upskirting videos wasn't there? I don't think he was making them but he was watching them he got pushed down the stairs by Daniel um, he accidentally spiked Amy's drink when he was aiming to get Daniel he got Nicky fired for being a TA at school he, he climbed into Trim Up North and sliced his leg open he's been expelled from school he's had an intimate photo of a certain part of his anatomy shared online um, he's had, um, you know, he's, he's had Darian replace him in school when he wanted to go over Hackney. You weren't even in the top ten. I know. And interestingly, I thought, I'm not hearing lots of people saying he's been overused. Because that's an. The amount That's of issues of it feels like he's been through is very similar to, to Summer, but maybe it's. I, I don't know whether it's the, the performance or, or the surrounding characters or just the nature of the, the stories that Max is in. It feels like people, on the whole, are still like fairly well behind him and saying, oh, you know, Paddy's getting those awards, so he must be doing something right. So, um, yeah, I, I, a massive turnaround for, for me there. I, I, think he's, I think he's fab. Um, they're, they've, really, they've really got something, something good there. And I'll just watch him have a, a big year off in 2023 gosh well listen isn't it interesting to how much of a big uh adolescence david had and how troubled that was and how instrumental it was in creating the character of david that we have now mm. and it kind of makes me hopeful for max um but yeah. it is interesting how differently Soaps approach problem child storylines now than they used to, you know. David rampaged around with an axe and pushed his mum down the stairs and tried to ruin his sister's <laughs> wedding and drove into a canal. And now we've got these really kind of very sinister and very, you know, hot button topics that Max is getting involved in. Mm. I mean, they... they, they... They struck gold with Jack P. Shepard, didn't they, really? They could give him anything and he was wonderful. The comedy, the drama, the darkness. They act Literally, he's one of Coronation Street's best actors ever on the show. So they were just mega lucky with they him. They haven't given Max any comedy Yeah. Do you think not so? Or not not intentional comedy anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Some of those videos that he's put together have got. Yeah, great the stuff. cockroach video. It might do. I think the thing is, we've definitely seen that Max is is a nice kid really. Is and he? Yeah, I think so. He's got he's just been he's just been turned. He he's he's had unfortunate circumstances. David, he started off really nice, you know, when Jack 
Patty P. Shepard came into the role, he was like the really cheeky boy. And it was when he was about Max's age now, that's when he kind of turned dark and he was just dark, wasn't he? Although yeah. he's always had that wry, sarcastic sense of humour that I think Max doesn't have. And yeah, whether I don't that's think the, Max the character, whether that's the writing or what, I, I don't know. Um, going back to what we said about Spider and all the returns that we've had in Coronation Street this year, who else for you have you appreciated Saying hello again, so well, back on the cobbles. I really liked seeing Claudia and Charles back, and that little window into them squabbling, and uh, that was fun. You know, the trouble in paradise, like revenge, is sweet. That was, sort that of was thing. a brilliant episode. Those scenes with the oldies in the Chariot Square Hotel talking about, you know, Roy's fly mechanism on his trousers Rita talking about how she had a one-off affair with Ken all those years ago, or whatever, and, and then they see Claudia and Charles there. Loved it. That that was a, that was a real high point for the year for me. Wendy and Martha coming back too. I mean, great. It's great to have older characters come back. So I'm really happy mm. about those. So it's a shame that I mean, Martha would never stay, would she? But it's a shame that it looks like Wendy has also gone for good. But that was a really nice. I mean, yes, the play bit of it was a bit silly, but I, I always said as it was going, I'm not really here for the play. I'm here for the. Wendy, Martha, Ken drama, and I, I wasn't really disappointed in that, to be honest. Um, I liked I liked how shocked Grace's return made us. Like if you mentioned uh, previously, yeah, you know, yeah, interviewed. The I like, yeah, I'd interviewed and, uh, Kate Spencer not long beforehand, yeah. and, and, and you're like, know, would you ever come back? I know. She's like, you've got no idea. <laughs> there, there are a couple of returns that were like quite brief, like her, like Nikki. I'm glad that Nikki's return was brief because I I don't get on don't with like that character. Her Dylan, I'm still thinking, why have they brought him back? And um, the actor who plays Dylan, um, is he Liam McShane, is it? He's really decent, but they've really not given him much to do since he's been back um, there at number 11, have they, with Sean and that? Um, it's, just, it's just like the Misfits den, isn't it, that house? Yeah, it really, really just is. Just full of everybody that they don't have any set to stick them in, and they mm. just all live there together and squabble over who's <laughs> putting the, the placemats out. Yeah, they're, they're the low-key drama house. Um, we, ha- we had... Um, uh, what's that? Katie's mum Linda came back didn't she for the for the Joseph storyline this yeah. year and I she was a character who I didn't really have much of an opinion of beforehand and who who would have ever thought we'd see her again and I think I left with her sort of a slightly higher opinion of the character well it, it's kind of interesting that this story story all felt them- thematically linked to what Peter's been going on about about you know social inequality and money buying you whatever you want and really that's kind of her deal wasn't it linda came yeah, in i can and buy she was new like, trainers joseph well yeah i can buy this grand i can buy my grandson back he can come and live with me i can i can you know get nannies and maids and and uh tutors and he lives in a house by himself he doesn't have to live here and there's lots to be said about you know how wonderful it is to be in a family um but the, the the economic side of of Gemma and Chesney is just a dumpster fire, isn't it? It's like, what yes. are they doing? <laughs> and 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 why are we just ignoring all of the things that go on in that house <laughs> and all of the mistakes that they've made? Because it's not every. It's the same. It's the same with like Sean and the homeless storyline. So everything, almost everything that's wrong with their with their setup it's their own fault <laughs> most people who live in poverty is not obviously it's not their fault they're they're doing the best they can Jeremy and Chesney can just 
just do one because they, they turned they, down that fresh guy deal. They forced poverty upon their children, <laughs> and poor Joseph is suffering really badly. Oh, Joseph, lovely. I've, there I, were so I, many. I'm not saying that any that is right or wrong because I, it's not. It's none of my business what you do with your kids. But there was no real attempt to address. Mm. that side of things or like I don't what no I'm talking about Linda coming back and saying you know here's here's all this money that I can give you And they're like, mm, do you want to go to Portugal? <laughs> Speaking of um, of that lot there at number five and, and the COVID restrictions, we've certainly seen a more fuller house there, haven't we, in, uh, in the past few months? We're actually getting some scenes where we're seeing all four quads at once. And you Madness. know which one's Alad because he's got the hearing aid attached to his head and everyone else has got no idea. Totally um, interchangeable. Back to returns again. Speaking about mum's returning, we had a bit of a Sarah return, didn't we? Uh, Imran and Rana's mum. Don't think we'll see her I again. So that that, that was quite nice. She, yeah, she, she's had a rough few years, hasn't she, in terms of um, bereavement. Poor there. woman. She, all of her family is dead. Yeah. We had we had Sharon the gangster come back. We had Lenny the um, the private investigator who's oh, kind, yeah. kind of funny. But obviously for me, the other big one was, was Stephen Reed. Um, and... and I think people will lynch us if we keep going on about how much we're enjoying that story at the moment because it doesn't seem to be going down well. But um, yeah, everything with Stephen. I, I, when the returns were announced around the summertime, I was like, okay, Stephen, I, I never would have thought that. I'm not really fussed about that. But um, that's the storyline that's got me most interested. And turning into a murderer, as daft as it is, has at least been one of the stories that's made me go, Ooh, I wonder what's going to happen next. And that's what I want. I want to end an episode of Cory going, who's he going to bump off next? Oh, is he yeah, going to get caught? Oh, how's he going to get out of this one? And there's there's other stories where I'm not thinking that. So, you know, for for for, for getting the the, the the drama there, that I, I think it's hitting the right buttons. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, what else you got? If you're going to say, oh... I don't like Stephen. I don't like the murders, whatever. What else you got? I think part of the. I think a lot of people have issue with Stephen and, and, and Todd Boyce, but I, I don't necessarily. But I don't know whether it's partly because, you know, having seen him the first in round, it's partly, you know, getting me old in the old rose tinted glasses and the nostalgia feels and, and whatever going, oh, that's. I remember him from 1997 or whenever it was, but oh, I, I don't have a, I don't have what, a major issue with that story. And it means problem with it Stephen well. about what his accent. I, th- I think people don't en- don't enjoy Todd's performance or, or well, his accent and everything. No, and... I'm not accepting that from a country that gave us Cockney. Um, <laughs> what's his name? Mary Poppins man. <laughs> what's Dick his Van name? Dyke. Dick, if you cannot say a word to us about weird accents, and he's American anyway, so. <laughs> Um, I, I, I'm I enjoying the Stephen story. Honestly, doesn't register honestly to me still. that he's doing a weird accent. It just sounds like his voice to me. He, I, I, I think that you know he's he's being a bit too guilty and skulky and everything. Like, and I do I like it. a little bit more cleverness from a Cory villains. Right. But I, I'm fully on board for that storyline to to keep on running. Um, let's so it's, that's about characters kind of coming into it. Exits wise, obviously we've talked about Imran already. We've talked Ooh. about Emma. <laughs> Any other kind of notable departures from uh, 2022 you want to touch uh, touch on briefly? Well, you know, Kelly and Kelly and Laura, we've we've spoken about at great length in our but um, the, the award shows and everything that, that as well, was... about how brilliant we thought they both were. Really great, fantastic. It's hilarious to me that Gary Steele's not been. 
I mean, for God's sake. He's he's not going to get his comeuppance He's never going to get he? done for that now, is he? Because no, it feels like Coronation it. Street's gone, oh, well, there you go. Kelly's kind of tacitly forgiven him about it, hasn't Kelly she? Kelly tried to kidnap him and kill him. Isn't that enough for mm. you ghouls? It was, in a way, for Laura, I'm really, really pleased for Cal Allen, who played her, that for a character that was a bit of a who cares kind of character a year or two ago, she got a superb exit. Um, so I feel really pleased with how she went with with um, Kelly. Although you know the the circumstances and the volume wall stuff and the mega drama and effects and um, it, well, what's going to happen? Is Gary going to get caught? That every people know about it. Oh, he's been taken into the woods. That was all great. I just I I just gutted really really gutted that she's gone really and like you know I I wouldn't I I don't mind that Laura's left the program because she served her purpose. But it felt like Kelly could have stayed for many, many more years. She had a lot more to give, didn't she? Yeah. <laughs> well, we know, we know. We know where she's, she's going to. She's got things to do. She, she, has, she has got a busy time, hasn't she? Kathy is another exit that's not great. I feel so bad for Mel Hill because Kathy was... They clearly ran out of things for her to do a long time what ago. What happened with her? She, she, saw, she, found, she, she found letters that Julie had written to Brian saying, oh, I want to get back with you. She thought that Brian was corresponding back oh with God, her. Oh, my God, I don't remember And he was like, all. oh, no, no, no. Julie's just saying that she fancies, she wants to get back with me, but I, I've told her I'm not interested. Kathy still gets a bit miffed by it, gets drunk, snogs mixologist oh. Phil, um, Jim Fizz at the Rovers. Evelyn finds her or something, does she? And then before you know her, she's off and away and she wants different things and, and that's about it. It it was over and done within a few weeks and that's the epitome of oh. just damp squib Corey exit. It was bizarre because it didn't make any sense because they set up this concept that Brian wanted to move to pastures new and she wanted to stay. She wanted to go to And then Cornwall, he she? she buggered off and he stayed. It just didn't make sense. I don't know how long they knew that, that she was going to leave for. I don't know what how it much notice. Must, must have been then. enough notice for them to have written it the other way round. Mm. Strange. It was strange. Maybe he just realises that with the cabin on his own he's, he's fine. Just illogical. Some, some of these some of the some things I understand, we know and we've been privy to some things whereby you can understand, oh, okay, well, you couldn't have done it any other way. Mm. But other things, and I'm only, I'm, <laughs> you know, feel, just feel baffling, and you can only assume there's even more stuff. Obviously, yeah. there's loads of stuff that we don't know that's going on, and you can only assume that it's due to totally it, inescapable circumstances that it came out that way. That but it just feels really like, just felt like, what, you want to go? All right, then, write a couple of scripts, there you go, you're out, bye. Bye. Yeah. It's a real shame. But I do think that Brian has flourished a little bit more in her absence. We might not have seen very much of the cabin, but I think he's become more tolerable a character. He was kind of fun in the play storyline. There's potential with him and Mary now. Um, are we going to see a return to older, better Brian from the early days? I don't know, but I'm, I'm feeling more hopeful about Brian now than I have done in a long time. It does go to show you how integral to a character their relationships can be. Because Brian and Kathy didn't work. Brian and um, Kathy and Roy, I thought were great, but they just mm. split them up eventually. And um, I, I think I'm wondering what's going to happen with Brian and Mary now because I think there's potential either way. There is. I mean, Brian and Kathy, they felt like you know you're both older, middle aged, but kind of a bit safe couple, and maybe that's a bit dull. But Corey's had plenty of 
couples like them and they've worked better. But can you There's see... definitely shades of Mavis and Derek in them, but they just didn't want to go down that route. Kathy and Brian never worked to, for me, because but, but Kathy and Roy did mm. because she was like, he was the straight man to her kind of more whimsical yeah. side. Whereas Brian and Kathy together were just, mm. it felt like... They were both the empty part of the jigsaw instead of the jigsaw piece. Mm. So they just kind of turned into a void. Brian and Julie work very well yeah. as well. So there's definitely possibility that Brian and Mary, because it's clearly going that way, could still work as long as they don't make up two OTT. But back to an example. Ep- just oh, so on. one example of a of a couple that worked really well is George and Eileen. Yeah, and yeah, I think both them. of those characters enhance the other one. So yeah. when when I'm saying a character's relationships can make or break them, that's a really good example. I think. Mm. Of course, your your opinion may vary, but <laughs> that's my opinion. Yeah. Back to exits again. James has gone. I'm not not disappointed on that. And and the the, the circumstances about him going off to teach football to kids was a bit peculiar and he suddenly well, developed cla- a quick interest collapsing. in that. The collapse, like... I... Yeah, it was fine, but it felt it felt to me like it was written in so that there would be a red herring about how he left. Yeah. And it didn't really pan out because of the publicity. It did. It was quite exciting. I remember quite enjoying those episodes with, with his collapse and everything and, and I thought the Baileys were quite strong in it, but... Oh, well. Uh, and then, of course, we lost Phil this year as well. He was always... he was. I don't think we ever thought he was ever going to be a long-term character. And it's a shame he kind of went out with his tail between his legs in, in shame when so many of the viewers really, really loved Phil, didn't they? Lot, every, lots of people were saying, you know, bring back Phil, keep him there, put him together with Jenny or whatever. I'm not, not too sure about that one. But um, that was another quite strong storyline for me this year, the whole Fizz Phil Tyrone journey and their little bromance that they had going on. Phil and Phil and Tyrone's relationship. Yeah. Great. The, we, we got to see a bit more location stuff, which was another um, <laughs> positive of 2022. They did get out of Media City a little bit more, not as much as I would have liked and nowhere near as much as in their, in the heyday. But um, yeah, we, going out to see their big house, having the wedding for Fizz and Phil in that big tent and everything, that was lovely. This storyline gave us Mimi and Evelyn meeting for the first time. Um, it led to the John Stape stuff, which I think we've kind of enjoyed, haven't we? Well, it's still going on, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the I whole book, st- the book bit of it seems over, but the, the corner now with that is is Hope secretly listening to this little women tape. And um, also, does she want to be a... Does she want to be a Dobbs? Dobbs. Or does she want to stay a state? But um, I, I make my opinion about Fizz and Phil, the characters, the couple, always clear. And, and having them, I'm surprised I didn't guess them as as, the, as a top feature in the year, to be honest, because they could have been there. Um, but yeah, I, I just love that these characters who have been many years without storylines pushed to the forefront for the last few years. I, I, that's a, a real positive for me in uh, in 2022. Um, on the flip side of it, God, blind me, summer, eh, Gemma? Oh dear. <laughs> so clearly, um, whoever it was that makes the big decisions at Coronation Street, whether this is an Ian McLeod thing or whether it was a storyline uh, thing or a story producer thing, I, I don't know. But somebody got the idea that I think I think that they've got like a wheel of teens at, at the Coronation Street offices, and they spin it and they say, "Which of the teens are we going to focus on this year?" Because we've got to keep the young audience in. Last year it was Nina. The year See, before that I blame was Asha. You for this because when they had the big story with Nina and Seb, 
you said, oh, Summer's there in the picture, but she's not, not really, really involved. Doing much, yeah. well, why isn't she involved? And we know now because she's boring. They're saving her up for this year, and and it feels like who who was it I said earlier? Yeah, Max had all that drama thrown at him, and a lot of it thrown at him, threw threw at him, and it worked Throwing really well. Him. Thank you. <laughs> summer though, it's and and there are definite summer fans out there. People say that she's universally low. That is no, not, not true. true. There are some really ardent summer fans <laughs> out there. Um, and, and I had been one in, in you know, in, 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 in another past. life, um, as it were. But th- this, and people it's are difficult. saying, well, people are saying, haven't people, haven't they, the higher ups at Corrie seen all the negative reaction to this storyline, and, and they're going to change it? I don't think it works like that. They Does put it? these things out so far in advance that it's really difficult to to swerve from the course that you've set yourself on, and also it's really dangerous sometimes to listen to. Um, the audience as an artist he's saying well this is the vision that I've got for the show you're right I'm going to stick to it yeah but she's been going through (laughs) some dramas she has been upskirted and put a picture on social media had her picture put on social media she's binged and purged she's got arrested after she got found slumped on a bench while she was in the police cell she had a diabetic attack which took her to hospital she's found the dullest boyfriend on the planet in Aaron but then he disappears anyway after hearing that she's got this diabulimia she's been squirting her her insulin into the sink left right and centre collapsing all over the place including her maths exam when she had her A levels then she got disqualified from her English exam because she had cheat cards taken in there so she didn't get to Oxford she got back with Aaron but then it turns out his dad's a violent alcoholic she went on holiday or so she was going to go on holiday but she collapsed again so she missed the plane then she accidentally got pregnant and then she had a miscarriage now she's being preyed on by a couple of crazy weirdos and getting into £10,000 worth plus of debt £20,000 worth of debt I mean what what a year that just that just smacks to me of let's throw everything at one character so hopefully the audience will get a little bit of sympathy for her but there's just something about the way that the character and those surrounding her are are dealing and reacting to all this drama that's just a real turn off isn't it yeah just seems kind of miserable and just a victim and a mega yeah victim is right and i hate it because it makes me feel misogynistic and um ageist to dislike a character as much as I dislike Summer. But I'm I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, how would I have reacted if this had been Kelly's story? If Kelly had had di- diabetes and been squirting her insulin down the sink or, you know, had got pregnant and been preyed upon, I think I would have reacted completely differently because mm. Kelly's plucky and she's um, she she looks out for herself and she doesn't she doesn't become a victim mm. and just this just continual sad and and it's also really sad because lots of people do react like this and it's not your fault if you don't have you're not resilient and you don't have the tools that you need to overcome hardship i know i don't if you were watching my life story you'd be rooting for me to die <laughs> for how pathetic i am but it's not fun to watch it and it's and no. it certainly don't <sighs> I'm just, I just despair, honestly, of her. She's, it's like Hermione has diabetes and she's not magic, you know? She's just a boring <laughs> swat. And I'm a boring squib, swat. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, we get, the thing is about Summer is that we get told all the good things and we see all the bad things. 
Mm. We don't. We shouldn't be told the good things. We should get to see them too, like all the good things about her. We just get told she's good at school. We get told that she's loving and loyal. We get told all this stuff. We don't ever see it. We just see the bad stuff of her not coping and reacting and it's, poorly. It's looking a bit self-destructive when she's putting her insulin down the sink or anything or binging or whatever. But that can be and compelling and, and it can also build sympathy like with Abby. Mm. It's not, it's, it's just something about the mixture of her personality and the story is not working. Her personality and Aaron's personality. You said he's useless. I, I just feel like he, I don't know, she's got some kind of magic touch. Why is he hanging around her for so long? Yeah, she must, she must be <laughs> she, doing something, right? She's got so. some kind of skill we haven't seen. Yeah, I mean, so I have had enjoyed bits of Aaron, like when he stood up to her, or, or Mike, I can't remember, or... or but often, like, Summer's agreeing, oh, yeah, I'll have, I'll have your baby, Esther and Mike, and Aaron's just but, kind of oh, standing no. there looking glum. Here's another point. They originally built in the tension between the two when he turned out to also have diabolemia, the same as she did. Mm. And has that ever come up? Has he? Has any of the things that have challenged him over the years led to a relapse or him thinking anything? No. You, you would be forgiven for forgetting that he is also... Has an eating disorder. Yeah. And it's incredibly dangerous yeah. for him. And it's more dangerous from what I... The little research I did, it seems like it's more dangerous for men. Oh, is it? I and... I just feel like what was literally giving a character such a really serious, um, oh, I'm trying to think of a word. It's not a character trait, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, just for that throwaway few episodes where Affliction. he went off of her because it turns out he also had it and he was scared of her triggering, triggering yeah. him. Feels like such a massive thing to give a character with no consequences, again. Like, what's the consequence of Aaron having diabolemia as well as Summer? Mm. There aren't any. Forget yeah. about M- it. Made a nice cliffhanger. Just forget that it ever happened. It, it could have. They could have written something else in that would have made just as much sense. Mm. And and this is the trouble that Coronation Street's got at the moment, where everything has to be 110%. Mm. I see. It's, it's a shame, because he, he seems like he could be a nice guy. It seems like, you know, from what little I've seen of, of James Craven... Um, he seems to be a, a nice chap as well. And he's obviously you know, a handsome looking guy for, for the ladies or, or what have you. But just... I think he's got loads of potential because he, let me try, I'm trying to think like, I like the fact that he's a mechanic. It's interesting. There aren't, there aren't any other practical young men on the street. Hmm. Jacob's the the nearest you can get, and he's more of an entrepreneur. I just, I, it feels like you know he's a bit too much of a wet blanket to be a mechanic. But you know, maybe there are wet blanket mechanics out there. I, don't, I, don't I know, know what you mean. He reminds me of Sam. It's uh, Sam from Toyers. Tw- um, yeah, tw- old twenty years ago, Sam. Sam Python. Sad eyed Sam. Yeah, he he. You're right. He kind of the the just a drip. The inverted eyebrows, like oh no, oh, oh no, oh, summer, dear. Oh, oh I'm sensitive. Yeah, if you're watching 2003 Coronation Street on ITV3 at the moment, do you see the dissimilarities and between Sam and Aaron? Because I hadn't thought about it, but it's you're, similar, not you're not and wrong. And it's not like and he was same. a mechanic too. There you go. See, yeah. and it's not the same as Daniel, who's an intellectual. Sad case. Mm. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> that's, that's fine a, that's a because you can write trope. poetry. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think. What does I just imagine? Right at night when summer's not around, I just imagine that Ari goes, 
home and he sits in his chair and he just puts his hands and he folds them on his lap and he stares at the wall until something happens or he falls asleep (laughs) maybe that's what we'll see Um, so other other new characters this year and there's not been many similar to last year they seem to be dripping in these yeah but we don't need new characters we we don't need new characters I mean we always do need new characters the the ones that they have other ones they have brought in we've said already that Griff's been uh, really um beneficial for the extremism storyline but we also this year 2022 had the uh introduction of glenda who who'd have thought that actually shuttleworth would have um so many of these children just that that never made her appearance 20 years ago when he did but i think jodie prenger's been really fun i don't think that they've given her a chance to really really shine in a big story so far she's there as kind of window dressing and and vivaciousness in the rovers putting her in the rovers absolute masterstroke i have to say she's she's absolutely fantastic she's got she's there's a real real risk of her going too over the top as well and i think in some of her earlier episodes they paired her off with mary and sometimes is it like glenda and mary gonna go to the dentist to go and find out lawrence to bring her back and i'm like keep glenda the heck away from mary i think that she is fab in the rovers when she had that scene when was it jenny slipped over on a puddle or something in the rovers and then glenda had to take over the pub and did the theme night or whatever it was and she was on the mic that 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 was fantastic I think that as long as they don't, they've got to tread very carefully. But um, that that's a real strong character, I think. Dee Dee, I'm still yet to see what makes her amazing. Um, I think there could be potential. I think that, you know, she's a, maybe a little bit different to how I imagined. I really enjoyed her scene where she was at the football club with James and, and managing to get his bosses to to squirm a little bit when they were trying to sack him or whatever it was, or end his contract early or, or whatever. But now they've paired her up with Alia. Could be a bit risky because I'm not a mega Alia fan. Um, and still, she hasn't had a big, big story at all yet. Um, 2022 has been quite good for Aggie Bailey. Michael's been there a little bit. So may- maybe 2023 is the year when the Baileys finally get a decent non-issues related story and, and you know, the addition of Dee Dee might make it a little bit more fun. Are you kind of feeling the same way about, about Dee Dee that she's kind of, could be fun, she's there, but she's not doing a whole lot yet? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's one of these, it feels like, sometimes I feel, this is a bit of a weird analogy, that Coronation Street gets characters like I buy streets in Monopoly. Where it's like, I don't know if I'm going to collect all the greens, but I've got a green anyway. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't have, there doesn't seem to be an actual plan. Or, well, okay, I've got the, I've got the set. I'm going to get the other ones. It's just, uh, in case I need this, I'll grab it now and put mm. it in. And then if it if it becomes relevant... There must be a plan for her. It's just not apparent yet. And having a team up with yet. Alia, where we've not really even seen Alia work at the launch but office, again, but apparently she's amazing there. It feels a bit like Glenda. Love both of these characters, and I'm really glad they're in the show, but it feels a bit like they've gone, oh, quickly, put that in there. Grab Glenn, that, Glenda, to me, has made more of an immediate impact for the good than, than yeah. Dee Dee have, has. Yes, but again, can you see my point? Why Why are we getting all these... And I, I like both of them, and I. it's not criticism of them, and it's not criticism of, of any new characters, but it just it feels like, oh, just in case. Mm. Just in case I need this, I'll, I'll put them in. Well, and with we Dee, Dee Dee, it's like, need... we always said that we'd bring back Dee Dee, so let's bring her back now. We don't need placeholder characters to be introduced just in case. Mm. You've got a massive cast of super, supremely talented people. 
waiting for storylines, why are we... Mm. Turns out I hated everything last year, didn't it? Turns out I hated the whole thing. <laughs> I'm really sorry there, how critical this is. It, uh, there, there were plenty of other stories, but it felt like some of them were, were a little smaller. And some of the smaller ones were really were really great. I mean, stuff like the Haley's Missing Jacket story, which was on for about a week or so. But where has it a, gone? That's still an unresolved mystery, yeah. but I, I enjoyed it while it was there. I thought, despite the silly silliness of it, the, the Bernie and Fern double trouble storyline was a really clever idea that came from the actors themselves and I thought that having Gabrielle Glaisterin as as the lookalike was yeah that that was that was entertaining for me but it was like I didn't I knew that I didn't have to invest mega heavily in it it was always going to be a low stake story I think some some with some of the other stories like the summer it's like oh I, I feel like I should be really mega invested in this this is clearly a huge story but I'm I'm failing to engaging in it the way they want me to with, with stories like that it's like yeah I'm kind of enjoying it for what it is you know um same with you know there were there were there were surprises with the George snoring storyline I thought that was kind of fun yeah that like, was what's a the mystery diverting. with George oh he's snoring um he's got to get a CPAP yeah. machine that was okay did we ever what any more about that no, no well yeah he's got mind. his machine and it's know, and it's all sorted I mean, now it just feels like there's only so much you can say about the fact yeah. that he snores um, the, the Sally and Tim sex life story. <laughs> well, there we go. That's because you tell me what, what you, 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 you I got to feel. No, I don't know. You get a donkey Tim sanctuary in. lady was the best part of that. That was brilliant. I forgot about her. the donkey sanctuary lady when they invite. So what was it then? She she was. They thought she was the sex therapist, didn't he, they? Tim invited her in, and she and then they started. Just, opening up about their love life in front of this strange and that was also like through the rest of the episode we saw her appearing like in the rovers like knocking back the drinks and then escaping down Victoria Street and that's the sort of thing where it feels to me as though is there just a treadmill of furious writing and production and we don't have time for that kind of thing anymore but but when they when they do when they do put the extra time you know that was there's really no need for it we didn't it didn't add anything it wasn't story based it was just really funny mm. it was a little easter egg for people that were paying attention and it was an attention to detail that sometimes i think they just don't have time to do mm. i think that that and it, everything's a lot more complicated than it ever was because you've got you know 10 more layers of production mm. than you used to have in the old days and so yeah i thought that that storyline got funnier as it went on and i think that getting rid of elaine from it helped because it, she was hanging around a lot in the early days wasn't she and, and i'm not not a big elaine fan unfortunately and she was a massive gooseberry there and having it was a little bit too TMI. It was also sad because we never really got to hear Elaine's side of it. And if only Stephen had been around or somebody else to talk to, because actually from her perspective, this horrible harpy of a woman is trying to kill her son by shagging him to death. (laughs) And she was only trying to stop him from dying. I know, I know. But it turned out she was just irritating, you know, to us as viewers, but Mm. we didn't get to see her side of it. And another thing... She was studying to be a cardiologist or doing a cardiology course because of Tim's heart condition. What happened? Do you remember that, that? Coronation Street? <laughs> um, that we had another good one. You know, I think a lot around the Audrey suicide storyline was good. It was, you know, Audrey didn't 
She did not. She did not kill herself. She did herself. not kill herself. But well, we said we said already, didn't we? When we were talking about Claudia and Charles that that particular scene was effective. But it was nice that they gave um, Audrey some fairly meaty material with that, even if it was just for a few small weeks this year, and that that tied in with the Stephen stuff as well. Of course, um, we had. Um, the Peter Liver storyline that was quite interesting. I that love felt foie like gras. that <laughs> felt like it was going to be bigger than it did, didn't it? It started off being a bit of an Aggie storyline when it, with, it was our nasty boss at work, and then it turned into more of a Peter storyline, and then it just sort of petered out, as it were. Um, it had some good uh, action bits, like when he punched him in the hotel and everything. Punched and, Doctor Th- Mister Thorne, that, and that that guy who played Mister Thorne, the actor who played him, was brilliant. He was a really effective baddie for those few weeks. But again, he though, kind of got away with it. He got away with it, and everything kind of was kind of forgiven. And what was and the moral of the story? It just turned Peter into a bit of a conspiracy <laughs> theorist. <laughs> um, any any other stories that are kind of standing out to you? Maybe ones that you want uh, that you kind of feeling positively about, or have got a glimmer of happy memories about. I, I don't know. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> right. Now, what, what do I like? Nothing. I hated everything. <laughs> It isn't. It, it's interesting. If we look at my average scores yeah, this year compared to yours, I think I went lower. But I, I still got the, lots sorry. that I could say that's good about, like, Sam's letters to Harvey. That was a bit of a mystery, think... wasn't it? <sighs> yes. And the thing is, right, some of these things are still not resolved. And I, I don't know if they are going to get resolved or if we've just forgotten that they ever happened. Because some of them I'm holding out hope, you know. Sam and, Sam and Harvey still could be going on. We've got Daniel and Daisy that, you know, are they going to actually get married? Not sure. You've got Haley's missing jacket. I'm pretty sure that's going to turn up somewhere. And if it doesn't, I'm going to get annoyed. <laughs> well, we're, I think You've got it... P- Peter's lingering conspiracy theory side stuff. You know, is, that, is, is Mr. Thorne going to turn up? Well, I can't even... <laughs> Jacob and Amy getting together was kind of nice but I've gone off Jacob I, yeah I, I say I still haven't um, but I, I know where you have and um, but I, I, I think that wasn't a good idea putting them together um, I don't and then it's just turning into something now Jacob as an entrepreneurial genius <laughs> oh yeah the, the saviour of the factory for Gala um, um, I'm also annoyed about the fact that Debbie's given up with being in partnership with Leanne and Nick What's she doing now? Yeah, that that was good that we got some Debbie stuff over the summer, and that break in that she staged with Ryan as the Bistro Ninja was. <laughs> it, it had a few comedy moments, didn't it? When I can't remember who it was that came in there, and Ryan was hiding behind the counter at the <sighs> Bistro. Um, but then, then he's kind of been shipped. He's still living at um, Chariot Square Hotel. Who is Ryan? Good because God. Debbie decided, but after he kind of got got in trouble about that, she was like, "Oh well." Yeah, you got to do your community service, but come and live at my hotel. And he, he's just been tucked away, hasn't he? he? He appeared in last night's episode because he talked about Ibiza, because he used to be in Ibiza and, and Damon was in Ibiza as well. But I, I don't know whether they, they know what they're doing with, with, with Ryan there. Um, there was... Um, that. I had a bit more Sean's love life this past year. Frank was kind of interesting because that was the story of George remembering him as being a bully from when he was at school, wasn't it? Yeah. And then we're like, oh, is he still a bully? Or is George, you know, being, you know, is he just holding a grudge and everything? And I think I was more, I think I was on Frank's side. And I think I thought that, no, he has turned a, a corner. And then well, he was vile towards Dylan. Yeah. And didn't we, okay, I'm not going to say anything else. Okay. Okay. 
I mean, if if I was to say about some of the characters that I, I didn't particularly enjoy the stories, I didn't enjoy this year, so it's not just you. Okay, well, I think that some of these I, I quite like. Go on. Okay, well, the the Faye's early menopause storyline, that didn't work A lot of potential, me. but yeah. It was like, we've got to give Ellie Leach some scenes this year. I don't year. feel like she's the best. Same as with the diabetes story with Summer. I don't know that Faye's the right character. The, the difference here is she, she only gets a couple of scenes with it. Craig's there being overbearing and um, saying, oh, I'm going to plan all your meals for you. And then there was that weird scene where she snogged Michael. But, you know, you can blink and you miss those scenes. I'm not really fussed. But I guess that there's just kind of waiting to do something at some point. But I'm not too fussed. Um, the storyline with Sam playing chess, want mega excited about... They should just make up a new game. Make up a new game that's not poker or chess. That so that other people can get this experience that we get when we watch these scenes and it's like you're supposed to be able to look at this thing and go oh no looks like Sam's about to get a checkmate or whatever it is <laughs> I suppose I think in chess yeah. um, there was there's the roof saga clearly what the roof saga oh, clearly number the, one number one <laughs> that's got to have been delayed or something with Simon Gregson's, Simon Gregson's foot, foot. <laughs> because I cannot believe that back in July when they had that scaffolding uh, that they thought oh yeah that's fine that's definitely going to still be there in January that's the name of my band what Simon Gregson's foot <laughs> um Maria getting voted in as councillor. Loved it. Not to, did you? Well, no, look, in retrospect, see, you can't trust me to, I'll let to you give speak my the opinion. Floor is yours. Don't give my don't listen to what I say about anything. I'm not consistent ever. The only thing I'm consistent with is what I like to eat. But I will say, looking back on it, I quite like the fact that Maria's a councillor because I think she's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and it also raises some interesting questions about, you know, misogyny and politics and um, and ra- the racism stuff too. And, there you was know, her many... fight, it's opened many doors, um, yeah. all I'm going to say. A lot more than it did when, say, for example, Sally was, was um, mayor. Mm. You know, there, there was that really nice scene where Sally was trying to dissuade Maria from stepping down from council. Yeah, that was there. good. I enjoyed that. I like the fact the deep, the deep fake stuff and the you know her being stalked and being harassed. I think it's important that we talk about those things and how it affects, especially women. Mm. I mean, the same thing will be true of people of color who who run for for office. They will have the same experiences. So we do need to. Yeah. We do need to discuss these things and um I, I I just I like I like how Maria's made quite a lot of people like recycle yet grudging grudgingly. Like whenever I recycle now I'm like, I'm not doing this for you, Maria. I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do. I also really like the stew stuff, even though a lot of that was a bit janky. I like the murder mystery bit. That that definitely seems unresolved, but I've got a feeling it will be. I, I don't know I, I now. cannot believe that what they said happened with Bridget and Lucy is actually... Yeah, I, but... I'm, I'm fairly convinced that Lucy... That's the that's the mum, isn't it? She... I don't remember. I can't... Bridget's the daughter. Bridget's the daughter. Uh, yeah, yeah, Bridget's the one that supposedly killed that Charlie girl. I, I think it was Lucy that finished off or something. I think that's something think to we'll come back to. Out. I think we, I honestly do think we do. I don't know whether it'll even be next year. Um, I, I've thought about my predictions for 2023 and I haven't even mentioned them in there, but that no, wouldn't surprise I just realized me I haven't either. whatsoever. There were bits of that are okay, but I think the character of Stu, I'm still not 100% sold on, but maybe it's just because of the 
you know, characters that he's involved with. He still it's feels nice that very... yeah, he's with Yasmin. But Yasmin, I'm always thinking, oh, just I know you you're coming back from Jeff and everything, but you're a bit of a downer still. I feel like Stu feels like a transitory character. I don't think he's going to be around for a long time. Maybe. And I also liked uh, Daniel leaving teaching and realizing it's actually difficult and <laughs> I think it's a stupid trip to <laughs> trip to Glasgow that we never got to see anything. Was it Edinburgh? Oh, it was Edinburgh, wasn't it? Yeah, it just it just had happened. I, I enjoyed Daniel being a teacher, and it's nice that he's deciding to go back into it now, even though it's not the same sort of teaching it looks like. Um, but the thing with having Nikki being a TA and everything, I don't really buy. And that. again, this is the thing. It feels like a lot of really there's so much potential and and it just got lost like we didn't really have a proper discussion or contemplation about the implications of of nikki and i feel like sometimes coronation street scared to do a both sides sort of thing because nikki went into teaching knowing that she used the internet as a sex worker to promote herself and then she didn't seem to realise that they might find her <laughs> website. And I'm not going to yeah. criticise anybody for going into sex work, but it it's, it's it, it leads to downsides, you mm. know? And we can't pretend that it doesn't. And the whole character of Nikki was just so many downsides about being a sex worker, but never really addressing why that was. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what but I mean? It was so, it's so strange. so fussed about Nikki, I wasn't too bothered about that one. Um, okay, but, so... I, yeah, it just feels like there was... It raised so many questions, and it and it it kind of felt like it was negative towards sex workers without really wanting to be... to get copper backlash for it. Mm, Do you know mm, what I mean? It wasn't, yeah. pro, wasn't pro-sex work at all, even though Nikki seemed to be that, but she didn't seem to understand what was happening to her was a direct result of that mm. do you see yeah yeah totally and oh that that really bothered me because I, I feel like there's it did, did, did a disservice to people mm. um to not properly talk about what was going on with that character yeah. so i think i think that's basically it for 2022 <laughs> there were definitely things in there that we liked hated it i yeah, the, but I think for the things we liked, the the, the problem is that there are also <laughs> bits that even of the stories that we liked, there are the bits that we were left slightly unsatisfied by, or or more than slightly unsatisfied by in some cases. If I think back to twenty twenty two as a whole, I think that that wasn't a great year for Corey. It had some brilliant stuff with the with the Abbey storyline. It had some stories of potential that and some stories that are setting the. You know, just getting going now for 2023. The Steven stuff I'm enjoying. I've got a lot the of... Max stuff. Yeah. Max has really gone up in my estimation. Daisy yeah. as well. By the end of 2021, I'd already turned a bit of a corner with Daisy. And, and this year, she really did solidify herself as being one of my one of my favourite new characters for a okay. long time. Right, I'm going to do a redo. Let's do this, scrap this whole podcast. No. I'm going to come back and I'm going to say, love 2022. <laughs> I thought it was great. I love Daisy. You're right. She was fantastic. Kelly came into her own in 2022. She was such a complex character, such a fantastic performer, Millie Gibson, so brilliant. Kel Allen too, as Laura, her mum. So such a complex and interesting storyline. And actually, although Gary never really got his comeuppance at the end of it, 
I still feel like it was a satisfying story. It had a beginning, a middle and end, there was a climax. Yes, we didn't really like the way they used the volume wall, but you can't deny it was a spectacle mm. and um, it was dramatic and it made me like Gary and Maria more than I ever did yeah. before. I think that... Um, we also had DS Beckett back in DS that story, Beckett. didn't we? we? Do you remember that Rick. scene where she was walking to the football ground and the camera was panning behind her it for a long like time? It was like watching a crime drama. It was. I loved the fact that we got Rick back as, as like the ghost, ghost of Rick. Christmas past, you know? <laughs> uh, that was brilliant. I really liked... Um, I loved all the Max Dreamism stuff. I thought it was great. And Stephen being a serial killer I think is great and I really appreciate I really appreciate the the fact that there's a definite mould now we've had enough serial serial killers murderers whatever you want to call them villains who have killed Um, we've had enough of them now to see that Coronation Street really has a mould and they all fit into this pathetic you know I'm a hard man I've got a completely warped opinion of who I am as a person and I don't seem to understand that committing crimes and killing people is a bad thing because uh, I keep making excuses for myself. <laughs> that kind of mould of this this villain yeah. who just re- re- cannot see that... Just bumbling and continually trying to to make up for their deficits by killing people. Mm. And, and Stephen fits so perfectly into that. It's like he's an amalgamation of like... Um, Richard Hillman and um, John Stape. Stape. And those two are really fascinating characters. And not, you know, Pat Feynman will always be my favourite, but the fact that he is a combination of those two other ones. And the fact that he's Audrey's son as well. I really hope that they give time for the family to come to terms with what Stephen's done when it, eventually when it comes out. out. Yeah. But, the, the you know, setting up this character, bringing back Stephen to be a killer, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I love it so much so last last year when we did this podcast is that we, good yeah yeah we did it nice yeah that's, that's nice summary you, last year on the podcast we agreed that 2021 oh. would be worth three heat pumps out of five did we? we did we gave it a, and I can't remember it seems like so long ago now but that, that seems like it was fairly low was 2021 that bad I don't know really I don't remember much about it um, what even happened? I, exactly. I, I don't know what happened in 2021 now. It's kind of... It's not like we should know. There was, well, it was the hate crime, wasn't it, that dominated. And maybe oh, yeah. there were some other bits that weren't well, that so was good. hot. But, and, and that did a good job of, of keeping going through the year. I think, on the whole, it, feel, it feels like this wasn't a two and a half, but it also wasn't <laughs> a three and a half. So I don't know whether it's a, it's a three again. What would you say? I'm giving it two and a half. Do you reckon? Sorry. I'll, Sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll go I, along with I, you. They dropped the ball a... almost every single. But there was time. still there was still positive. There were some a... really. It feels like it. Whatever. Yeah, they they did some really great things. There were some great setups. Even the Max Streamers' story feels like it's just gone down. Mm. I I I think that we should. Uh, so so we agree on two and a half. I think it's two <laughs> well, and a half. To um, both. I don't, I don't, same, I don't do mind we? doing it. I, I will. I'll go two and a half. So two and a half. Um, summer faintings. Out of five, or is there anything else that really encapsulated 2022 I'm, more than summer collapsing? I'm going to give it two and a half. Peace Festival bombs. But that happened in 2023, Joe. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm going to give it... Bombs. I'm going to give it um, two and a half undercover cops. <laughs> okay. Um, With murderous girlfriends. So just before we finish <laughs> this review of 2022, we always like to have a little look back, you know... 
for, uh, moving away from Corrie and onto the podcast itself. Well, listen, if how was twenty twenty two? If for us? Coronation Street got two and a half um, out of five. For me, the, the experience of doing the podcast, not the podcast itself, because we cannot judge that. Only you can. Please give us five. Um, the, the experience <laughs> of doing the podcast this year is a five. It was. It was. It I'm, was such a. Couldn't great have been year a better for year for the podcast. We had so many great experiences, and it's down to you guys listening and to the support that we've had from Coronation Street, which is awful to say because we've spent an hour and a half. Being really, really rude. They, they need. They need to know. No, it's a, it's an opinion. I, At the end of the day, it's an opinion, and so got an awful lot of respect. And having been there and seen that behind yeah. the scenes stuff has has increased the respect for every single person I, that works behind the honestly, scenes there tenfold. They work really, really hard. I they do a good job. One of the things that we managed to get across to you guys is is that you know, and and trying to. Um, yeah, put, explain how di- how much they work and how hard they work and how much they care and how passionate they all are about it. About they're just as ca- they care just as much as we do. They really, really, really do. Um, but yeah, the, and, we, and I, the thing is, you know, sorry, but we no matter what I thought about it and no matter what you thought about it, everybody has a different opinion. Mm. And some of the things that I criticise, people probably really loved. And not everything I say is necessarily fair or even true. It's just my opinion. Mm. And I do, wouldn't ever want anybody to take it seriously. This is just a silly podcast. And, you know, it's it's an entertainment show at the end of the day. And I've all been entertained by watching Coronation yeah. Street all year. So, whatever. But... <laughs> Back to the podcast. Yes. I, we started 2022 knowing that this would be our 10th anniversary of Conversation Street. And we, we wanted it to be kind of a little bit special and a little bit different. I don't think that we really had an idea going into it, kind of how it would get there, did we? Um, and I I, I, oh I just, gosh. you know, we, even, even when we went into Manchester yeah. at the beginning of August, a lot of what we got up to we didn't have planned. It's just we like just went Coronation there. We, we booked this amazing apartment. Yeah. Looking Thanks over, to our patrons. Yeah, Thank exactly. You. Looking over the Coronation Street studios. We couldn't have stayed anywhere better. We It was, it so, was so brilliant. lovely being able to go there. Being able to look in, into the car park, seeing that film with Max and the Bullies being filmed. That was great enough as it is. But, you know, being, be, being a bit cheeky and, and, and asking, like, can we come and see a bit of filming? And then love Lovely, lovely director Matt Hilton inviting us behind the scenes, giving up all this t- his time for us, letting us see the the Gary and Maria scenes being filmed on a really pivotal week of Coronation Street as well in, was... in the in the in the Super Soap week, seeing Todd Boyce um, dragging <sighs> that dummy into the van for for Leo's exit. That was just the most amazing. I can't day. imagine ever. Having anything no. top that. Ali, Ali that Sinclair week. giving us a tour. Ali seeing, was fabulous. Seeing um, William Roach ver- uh, and Roberta Kerr doing doing their scene. Obviously Jenny Jenny Daisy and and Glenda. And, and Glenda we saw seeing doing those a scene. Wonderful actresses perform together. Um, thrilling. Yeah. Seeing getting to see Samia and and Mikey. So yeah, Maria and really, Gary. really lovely. Mikey North is and the go- I got loveliest to see- guy. Jimmy Harkishan. We did get to see him. Doing serious, I held the door open for scene. Jimmy Harkishan. He was terrifying. Yeah. Really and fabulous. Um, that was just the best, best day. Um, and a real, real highlight for the 10th anniversary. But Absolutely you know, wonderful. 
I was just thrilled with things like the, the charity quiz that we were able to get done. It was so lovely of, of those 10 Coronation Street cast members to come on. And, and our 10 lovely and, fans. And, yeah, and, and, and answer the questions money. with the 10 fans. I, I was really, really proud, proud of that, actually. Um, we, um, I mean, all away from the away from the anniversary, it was also a great year for other visits. Especially, you know, we we hadn't been to Manchester at all in in twenty twenty one, and this year we went for that time in August. We also went up there in March to go and see Sally and Matthews on stage in the vignette at the Hope Mill Theatre. Um, that's when we met Millie Gibson for the first time, and then of course, yeah, we, we got were, to give we, Charlie but then meeting <laughs> Millie was lovely because then when we were up again yes. in, in Manchester in August she invited us to a leaving party <laughs> and we got to schmooze with some of the curry people we got was, a few of them going lovely. why are you here who are you lovely <laughs> Gallagher and so on there oh. really really nice we went to the I'm British Soap Awards loved it first time we'd done go. that for like three years I'm not going to Manchester ever again <laughs> because it, it can't um, so, saying hello to the people and getting the hugs from the people in the crowd meeting mm. meeting listener Charlotte in the crowd was lovely um, and even though Corrie didn't win the awards it was still a, it was still a, a great great evening and, and we put <laughs> put together that lovely video to yeah. go with the podcast which was something else that I tried to do ever so slightly more but hardly at all to be honest putting a few bit little bit more video content on the YouTube channel please subscribe to us on YouTube it's the best the the other I mean one of the videos that we did really well uh, that has done really well is that Changing Faces the Coronation Street video the Changing Sets sorry of Coronation Street video that when we started recording it we thought this is going to be a bit dull but people really enjoyed that and seeing how the sets and putting the pictures in there to say the sets have evolved over time exciting news we are putting that uh, forward for best documentary Oscar <laughs> in the Academy Awards. This uh, breaking news to me there as well. And I have got a lot of um, of hope that we might <laughs> end up on the shortlist. Don't think so. Um, I got we got our water bottles, the Conversation Street water bottle, which is a little <laughs> bit special for the tenth anniversary. We've got you know this wall of Coronation Street pictures that we're sitting right in front of at the moment, having redecorated our room. Um, it's just been brilliant and really really. I'm really proud of what we've achieved for the podcast in 2022. And every time that we do this at the end of the year or the beginning of a new year, I think, oh, can the, can the next year top it? And I don't know. It's going to be difficult to top next year. But I put together a little collage of photos the other week, didn't I, of key moments for the podcast in 2022. Yeah. And it was just so lovely looking back to it. And also on the podcast as well. I mean, we had... That we had the most interviews we probably ever had in a year. I mean, we kicked off with Amanda Barry. We had oh, Kate what Spen- a fantastic Amanda Barry, cool, blimey, Gosh. and then having her back again for the for the cast uh. versus fan school. <laughs> we had Kate Spencer, Elma yes. Vaney. Elma Vaney has been absolutely lovely to us oh, this it's fantastic. year. Got a few messages back and forth from her. Really, really appreciate her support. Actually, Ken Allen's been lovely. Charlie, of course, came on and did the most epic. How long was it? Hour and a half? Was it two and a half hours? I can't remember the interview it's that like we a did when he left. He's the nice I've also shortlisted that for Jam <laughs> um, Very, like we said earlier. Oh, I love her. Um, she she was super, and that was just happened to come from a chance encounter of her on the street and she after the British so Soap Awards, didn't we? That gorgeous dress. Jamie Kenner was fun, getting me to do his Jamie Kenner impression during the interview. Martin Hancock, I got to chat with Millie Gibson. We did an interview. Char- Charlotte Jordan. It's been brilliant. In fact, I was having a look at um on our interviews page on our blog just recently and I think 
if we don't get an interview done in the next few weeks, this is going to be the longest period that we haven't had an interview for about three years. I know. <laughs> we've, we've, we've spoken to everyone now. It's, I, 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 I think I, we've I exhausted... I don't have any others in the pipeline We've the exhausted most ideas. of our contacts, haven't we, now? We, we have a little bit. I've got some that I definitely am going to try this year. There, there is somebody that I tried... Um, Oh, yeah, Just yeah, yesterday, yeah. in fact. Interesting. And I, and I don't know whether I'm going to hear back from that person. Who knows? Who knows? But um, it's just, I, I've been really, really, really pleased and proud of the podcast of 2022. And I hope that if we can get anything half as, as good in 2023, it'll, uh, it'll be still a, a good good bit of entertainment. We also got to see Charlie perform in a play. Oh, yes, that was good, wasn't it? Yeah, um, he, yeah he did his, um, oh gosh, what things... was it called? Things we left behind. Yes. The house that wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where's all our stuff? <laughs> Dude, where's my that jelly mould? That was mold? lovely seeing him on stage. Oh, yeah, we saw him on stage. We saw Sally Ann Matthews on stage. We saw, um, we saw, uh, we got to meet up with George again, didn't we? George Banks played Henry. Yes. Uh, that was lovely. Because, uh, what was it that he was The clothes in? they stood up in, Alan Burnett play. Oh, it was Murder, M for Murder that George was in, wasn't it? Yes. And, we, uh, yes, that's that, right. That but Charlie DeMello's play was The Clothes They Stood Up In. Yeah, yeah, yeah Not yeah. Dude, Where's My Jelly um, Mold? Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> Although it could have just as well have been called that. I'm just saying. <laughs> and, and and still, like all, all of our, you know, things like our Facebook group and, 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 and our Instagram followers and, and all of that is going up and up and that it's just yeah things are things are really really looking looking good for the podcast. We've got our, our little our little band of um, Conversation Street listeners and it's a family really, isn't it? And um, yeah, loving it, loving it. Um, and that's about it really for 2022. Roll on 2023, really. Um, this is usually the part of the episode where we do our predictions for next year. But yeah. We had a little bit of a talk about that beforehand. We're actually going to record that as a separate episode. Probably going to come out very soon as well, probably even this week. But for the people who just want to know about what we thought about 2022, that's your lot. So and you if get... you want to know the predictions, uh, you'll have to listen to the other episode. Really, um, man? I f- I'm sorry. I feel like if I'd recorded this yesterday, I would have had a different opinion. You know what I mean? About the whole year. Why? I just feel like I feel in a bad mood today. <laughs> oh, I think you've I think you've ended it on a high. I think you had some some um, some criticism, some deserved say, criticism about certain aspects of coronation this is the thing. In, in the past twelve months. This is the thing about being a fan, okay? Nobody hates something more than a fan does. Yeah. Yeah? Because we nitpick everything and we have really high expectations and um we also overthink things way more than we probably should do. Mm-hmm. And, and more than we do for any other programme. Very complicated, this, this thing to put together, because it, for, for many, many reasons. And so when things don't quite turn out as they should or as you expect, there's usually a very good reason. I just feel like it was an unlucky year where lots of things didn't pan out. That's mm. all I'm saying. And I, it I think, out in ways that we would, yeah, we wouldn't have really yeah, wanted yeah. them to. Um, and it's unfortunate too that some of the things that I really wanted didn't happen for my favourite characters, which is you know just a personal personal thing. But as usual, the performances were fantastic on mm. the whole, and I think that the the cast has done has done a phenomenal job again. And there's some really really super talented people, and the writers are super super talented as well. And um, everybody works very hard. I know they do. I really know they do. And they do. it's a what it's passion. It's a work of passion. Do. And it, like you said earlier, it's art. And um, 
we're just grateful that we've got something yeah. that we care so much about. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think with that, <laughs> just before Gemma goes down a downward spiral again, we will end. I'm just saying the though. There. I'm just saying though. <laughs> right. Gonna, gonna stop it now. Just saying. Gonna make a cup of tea, and then we're gonna be right back gonna, to record gonna, our predictions for 2023. <laughs> I'm gonna get a cold flag. And all the ways, it's gonna be a brilliant, brilliant year. Oh so, yeah. Uh, thank you, wait. thank you everybody for listening, and uh, we'll, we'll see you again very, very soon. Ta-ra. Just remember, we love Coronation Street. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Probably doesn't love us back anymore now. <laughs>